ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 116 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jeff. <laughs> I'm Jared. And I am Liam. Did you do that on purpose? I actually didn't. <laughs> I had a feeling you didn't do that on purpose. You looked at me and then said, I am Jeff. And I was like, I don't think you did that on purpose. Or, you know, keeping it interesting from, you know. We're keeping it interesting. In minute one you're here. watching the video or trying to listen and realize who is who, you might not know. And, uh, uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss Liam's Downeyville race, which he just got back from. Various bikes, rides, and things we've been enjoying lately, plus a story from me regarding a good deed. Aww. And of course, the listener questions ranging from weird flexes that only bike nerds would understand, optimal crank arm length, strong wheel sets, and plenty of other things that will enrich your knowledge of mountain bikes because we love bikes! <laughs> Wow, who is that? I don't know, you really love bikes. That was bikes. our intro sound effect. Wow. Uh, if you heard that, that was, uh, we used to call him the Green Goblin, but now we just call him Lou Dog. Shout out to Lou Dog for editing all these podcast episodes. We appreciate you, Lou Dog. Lou Dog. He's, Lou si- Dog. he's sitting over there in the dark, wearing a tank top, making Legend. sure the audio levels are good. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not an easy job, but the audio comes out good. Sometimes our audio is better than... Way bigger podcast, yeah, members, which is pretty cool. It frequently I like is, I would say, actually, yeah, almost always. I yep, can't stand care about podcasts that. have bad audio. No, They're like I just click off. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I know what you mean. Speaking uh, of tough jobs, Liam just got jobs. back from racing Downeyville. Yeah, Downeyville. Had nothing to do with my job here, though. No, <laughs> but it was tough. It, it was, was tough. It was it tough. Yeah, it was time so off. Downeyville though. is a famous mountain bike race in Northern California. Yeah. In the Nevada mountains. I'd say it's probably the best mountain bike race in the Northern uh, Americas. Well, that's subjective, but it is I'm subjective, sure a lot of people would agree. A lot, a lot of people agree. Some people say that the Downeyville win has higher ranking in, to them personally than going to the Olympics, which that person has also done. Really? So, wow. Who said that? Uh, Adam Craig. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And he has been in the Olympics, so. I mean, I would say in terms of like, you know, clout, that does provide a serious amount if you win the Downeyville Classic. Yeah, so Downeyville Classic is a two-day race uh, that combines a XC day, day one, which is a 4,000-foot climb with a 5,000-foot descent. Uh, The climb is right off the bat. It is brutal. It's hot. It's exposed. Um, And then you descend into Downeyville, the town, which still has climbs within that descent, and you get a kind of a range of trails from awesome, sick single track with berms to like the fastest, fun, most fun fire road like ever, pedally fire roads, chunky single track, which is like sniper rocks that'll make you flat any XC tire or most tires really. Super fast single track, which like I think on second day of practice, I had like 36 miles an hour on that single track. Jeez. So you're ripping pretty good. Very fast. Pretty fast for a single track. Uh, yeah. And then you got some, some tech climbs on the end of it. So, um, and then day two, as you start at the top of the mountain and you race down 600 feet of climbing, I think four or 5,000 feet of descending, uh, that is like an hour long super D race. Uh, so which nice. super D is an old form of racing. It's the same bike, same bike, but yeah, no so modifications. same bike, no S- changes, same bike, no change is, uh, same tire setup has to weigh the same. They weigh it. Before both days, and if you don't do the second weigh-in, you get like an asterisk next to your results. So, hmm. so do they? So their results? Uh, do they award day one and day two, and then both days combined, Correct. or just both days combined? 
No, day one and day two and okay. both days to m- combine. Because some people only do the XC, but in order to do the downhill day two, you have to do the XC. Oh, so it. there's no just going up for the downhill. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's pretty unique and it's, you know, definitely a long running race. This is the 25th anniversary, but after a four year hiatus of COVID and wildfires, it is back and it's my favorite race. Um, yeah, you could argue it's one of those iconic races that kind of created modern day enduro racing because it's been around for so long. And the idea originally was let's figure out who is a great all around mountain biker. It it is like, that's what we were saying. It's like, you know, Trevor, uh, our mechanic came with us and he raced enduro for a couple of years pretty seriously. And he's like, dude, this is like just all around mountain biking. Like who is the best mountain biker on this mountain this Mm -hmm. weekend? Like. You know, it's not the best to memorizing stages or who can climb up this mountain the best. Like, you have to ride a bike. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you guys want to know? How I did, my bike setup. Hmm. Um, do you regret running any things on your bike? That's I do not. Question. No? I don't regret. Because you got a flat on the downhill stage? I did get a flat on the downhill stage. Yeah. Uh, it was completely my fault, though. Yeah. Um, so your bike setup was good? Which What did you ride? I rode my SB120. With a 140 fork on the front. From Yeti the cycles. Bumped up. Yeah, Yeti, SB120. 140 fork on the front, bumped up from the stock 130. Um, uh, bird wheels. I ran Forecaster 2.4 front tire in 3C compound. An Icon 235 rear in the Numax Speed compound with a Vittoria Airliner. Um, pretty lightweight. The Vittoria Airliner was in the, just the rear only? Just the rear only, yeah. yeah. Pretty lightweight setup, but still had enough, like, travel to kind of give it and ride hard. Um, I thought it was a pretty good setup, and I think I think for what we have, it's arguable that the Ranger could have been a little bit better. Um, I thought my setup was going to be dialed this year. I showed up, and then all these, uh, the you know, country's best XC racers are on, like, full-blown XC race bikes with, like, almost XC race tires. Jeff Kabush was on Aspen two fours. And I was just like, what? Like, how are you going to ride these trails? And then what I kind of realized though, is like still so much time is made up on these climbs, even on the downhill day. Like Mm -hmm. Kabush said he lost 35 seconds to Keegan who won the overall on the third divide climb, which is only two and a half minutes. Jeez. So he lost 35 seconds in two and a half minutes. Like that's insane on a downhill run, you know, which are, decided sometimes by seconds to lose 35 seconds like yeah so um yeah that was my setup saturday i had a really good day Uh, i stoked with what i did i did two hours 35 minute result which i was stoked with and you know uh climbing climb well yeah climbing and downhill yeah yeah um but i was stoked with that and was hoping to do a good result on day two and near the bottom on first divide I just was getting a little sloppy and trying to pedal. It's kind of like a rolling false flat climb with some sharp rocks in it. And I just like pedals and pedaled over some rocks and rear smashed my rear tire into something and pinch flatted. Um, and Trevor had flatted the day before. And he's like, oh, I was just fumbling all about and like dropping everything. I was like, <laughs> all right, all good. I'm going to pull out my plugs all calm. And he's just going to do this real quick. Plugged it. I was like, okay, I'm going to put a bigger plug in it, put the second plug in it. I was like, cool. Grab my CO2 just to top it off, tighten up CO2. The O-ring blasted out of the CO2 head, and that's when I started fumbling real hard. (laughs) (laughs) The panic set And then I was like, oh, oh." (laughs) And then neither CO2s worked, so I just hopped on my bike and rode the insert in 
last like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so ended up 12th overall in my category. Did a lot of people flat? A lot of people flatted. Yeah, a I lot of There's a lot of sharp rocks out there's there. There's a lot Pretty of sharp high rocks, too, high so. speed, like Hard a lot of people flat. flatted. Trevor flatted his rear tire both days, um, fixed it, flatted again. Second day actually cracked his wheel pretty good. So he had like a whole other adventure of just like getting down the mountain and watching <laughs> all the chaos happen, like go past him. He saw some dude crash and break his femur. He said he helped a couple of girls plug their tires. Like, it's yeah. so crazy. I mean, obviously people are trying to like, you know, run as, as light of a setup possible and like these XC tires. And like, obviously, you know, if you're going to go up there and ride, like you wouldn't bring a bike like that probably. I mean, like just no, to ride that downhill. No. You know, but then there is a range. That's what's cool about the event. Though, is like there's a range of everything from like 21 pound weight weenie bikes, yeah, to like 35 pound full suspension bikes. My yeah. buddy Tideman did it on like a 33 or 34 pound alloy Cannondale, and yeah. he like, you know, did pretty good. Did Get pretty out there good. and go nice. for it and smash the downhill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike did it on the SP140 um, with Mike, a coil on Mike it. Did yeah. SP140 formerly big coil. Mike, formerly big Mike. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, Weaver. Yeah. Went, <laughs> Weaver did it as well. He had. He finished both days with airness tires, so wow, did kind of crack his rim, but did kind of crack the rim. Um, you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's my nice. favorite race. I'm already uh, three hundred sixty-three days out and scheming for next year. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you don't regret anything, but you would change a couple things. I think next year I'm going to go for a even lighter bike to kind of favor the climbs a touch more, mm-hmm. and maybe. Maybe a faster tire tire combo. Nice. Probably keep the Icon two three five rear, but maybe throw a recon in the front. Nice, but that's scary. Yeah, running recons up front's pretty scary. I don't know. I Brand new recon is pretty good. I did that last year at Breck, and Brand it was new. okay. But Brand new recon, three C. Yeah. This makes me think. Uh, I need a new set of tires for my Ranger. <laughs> that one? Aren't those like brand new tires? Yeah, but I'm going to ride them a lot in the next 10 days. Oh, okay. And I need a fresh set. Fresh set for the adventure race. Yeah. yeah I'll have a nice. fresh set for you before you leave. Nice. That? There you Thank go. You. What are you going to do? Dissector Recon? I actually like the setup that's on there now. That foreca- the Forecaster, new forecaster yeah. Recon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That new Maxxis Forecaster is good. It's way better than it looks. Like when, I mean, I thought it looks pretty good. Yeah. When we first put it on, I was like, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to grip as good as a dissector, but I think it does. I, th- I think it's about yeah. on par. I'd say the dissector maybe has a little bit more overall grip. Mm-hmm. However, I think the forecaster might roll a touch faster and has more predictability. Yeah. 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 I could say more that. transition knobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, it works really good, especially on that bike. I was yeah. really impressed with how yeah, well I mean, it gripped. That's why I wrote it. Um, but yeah, I think I go touch faster for next year. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll join you next year. It sounds like a really you good should, time. You should come well, up and join us. You should go, us. dude. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Jeff. Come on. Let's go do it. I'm retired from mountain bike racing. It's it, barely a who race. Who says though. it's a race? <laughs> you don't have to race. No, it does sound fun. They just start that a sounds like, That sounds like a race I would like to do. Yeah. yeah. It is five, cool. five or six nights of camping. No cell service, which is, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. a forced disconnect for sure, which is nice. That is nice. Shower. I didn't shower for says, since I left your house in Reno. Well, you had the river, right? You yeah. River sure. Yeah. Good, yeah. I rinsed off in the river, but like no shower, no soap. How many mountain you know? bikers Beautiful. do you think showered in that river during that weekend? All 400. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fisher's like 100%. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the sodium. I can taste the scratch labs <laughs> coming out of the yeah. pores of these mountain bikers. Weaver didn't shower one day because the night before we were getting out and we saw a snake in the water. Really? Yeah, I've seen a couple snakes up there in the water. Whoa. Um, they're not big. They're just, you know, little 
two two yeah, foot snakes. Like, they're not they're not venomous. So what like, kind of snakes are those? No, Downeyville water snakes. But Downeyville water snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the infamous uh, Downeyville water snake. I asked, I asked my boy Jim Bob for for what kind of snakes live in water. Nice, but uh. Yeah, he didn't go in one day, and we were like, oh, come on, we were like, I'm staying out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones. Snakes, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. People who watch Indiana Jones will get that. Well, isn't that on the ride, too, when they do Yeah, it's on the ride, yeah. too. Yeah. That's enough about me. Yeah. Nice. What have you been doing lately, Jared? You riding know, bikes? Anything riding, new? Riding a lot of bikes, yeah. I've been riding my gravel bike quite a bit, actually. Um, in the full spandex, huh? But, yeah. but you got a new bike, didn't you? I did get a new bike, yeah. I got the new Forbidden Druid. V2. Oh. V2. Love it. You got some time on it so far? Yeah, I got a couple rides on it. It's pretty good. Love it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to taking it more, I don't know, just on some more uh, challenging stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of torn because my health insurance ran out a little bit ago, and I'm kind of in between coverage for the next, like, five. You're not supposed to let that six lapse. weeks. I know you're not. <laughs> okay, well, I... You know, didn't realize. This so. is not the place to discuss yeah. health insurance and benefits and these <laughs> your, various your things. Well, we should well, about this. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. I really want to go ride it on some other stuff, but like, I just don't want to take yeah. the chance and then be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah by yeah. the way. Well, well, he was riding suicide and then, uh, you know, crash and uh, we don't have health insurance. The biggest, the biggest almost I had recently was on a gravel bike. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Carl was just telling me like, oh, I don't want to go ride the steeps because I got a lot of work coming up. And I was like, yeah, but like, I almost went down hard doing like 30 on a gravel bike on a fire road and like would have like tumbled down the cliff. Yeah. And like yeah. riding next to cars, I think is more that, dangerous most of the time. That too, yeah. Being on the mountain bike. Yeah, but here's the thing. If someone hits me on the car, then hopefully they're paying for it. If you they know? stop. If they stop. That's a big ask. Mm-hmm. That's a big ask, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Uh, whatever. Hindsight's right. well, always 50-50, right? We will discuss health insurance options <laughs> yeah. after the anyways, fact. Anyways. We do offer several health um, insurance benefits but yeah, at World for the record, just so people don't think we <laughs> yeah. don't offer health insurance. Uh, yeah, I've been riding my gravel bike a lot. I did a century last week, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that was funny. You sent me a random voice message. I did. You didn't did reply. You, oh, no, did you did. You were like, oh, that send, looks really good. Did you mean to send that to me? Yeah, I did. I was thinking about you because it, it looked so it was random. really good. <laughs> I was, Je- Jeff told us, and he goes, I don't even know if you meant to send that to me. It I might did. have been like Paige or something. It was yeah. hilarious. Well, to, to let everybody else know, yeah, it was just like, you know, mid-ride. I was like 60 miles in having lunch at Topa Topa in Ojai, and I got this bowl, and it was like rice with this lemongrass beef and like pickled veggies and pickled peppers, and it, it was like really good. insanely delicious. And at the like, breweries where they had that, yeah, they yeah. have like a little a little restaurant on the corner, and like I'm just like you know exhausted eating this lunch and i was like man honestly if somebody came up and stole my bike right now i wouldn't even chase him because this is so <laughs> good <what> <laughs> it was so good it is so good if someone like, stole your bike you'd be like well there it goes there it goes <laughs> yeah, exactly. take another bike <laughs> Paige. you're gonna have to pick me up because i don't have a bike anymore um but yeah i did that and then i don't know i did i rode with uh oh thanks i rode with uh you know a couple buddies and did 50 miles on saturday and kind of cruise went to starbucks that was kind of fun had a croissant and the and a cold brew mid-ride <laughs> what's that place so like a unique cafe oh, a starbucks yeah yeah it's kind of this new hip cafe so, oh, well, you, missed, you missed the arbucks in mammoth oh the so, arbucks yeah oh yeah there Knock was a starbucks and the s and the t or were they gone yeah they were gone, gone. <laughs> they were gone <laughs> we think it was from there's so much snow there oh so, wow yeah, yeah damage the, the letters of the sign just vanished under Jeez. the weight of the snow so it was we were calling it our bucks all weekend <laughs> nice well uh 
you know, that's yeah. all I got. I definitely missed you guys in Mammoth, you know. Yep. Yeah, we did our uh, annual company camping trip, uh, West Coast version, where a lot of people from the Nevada store go down to Mammoth, and a lot of people from the California store go up to Mammoth, and we all meet and ride bikes and have a good time and do funny things. Uh, this <laughs> year was, was very unique because the bike park was not open, so we just rode uh, rode all the various trails the lower trails well attempted to but most of them were covered in snow and we still had a good time yeah nice. uh, there was some snow crossings and yeah we tried to pedal up juniper and then we made it 300 feet until there was like <laughs> yeah. just big piles Massive of snow, snow yeah but we, we we did ride mammoth rock trail that was totally clear and nice. awesome and yeah it was still super it wasn't fun, totally but. clear or the traverse wasn't the actual trail was Is that the one where i was in the field well that was b- before the lakes was the lakes trail where mm. that big yeah, snow yeah. thing was. I saw yeah. a video somebody posted where you guys were like hiking up this huge snow drift and then yeah. somebody's yeah, it was, it was like a bit of a mess out there. With <laughs> oh, this, I, with this I, I crossed a, a pretty decent snow drift that if I saw the video or the photo of me crossing it, I probably wouldn't have done it. But in the time, <laughs> that was the smartest in, idea. In, in the moment, I was, it was like, one of those unnecessary risk situations. Yeah, I was like, got this, no problem. And I got like 10 feet in. I look back and everyone's walking down around the snow drift. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> that one's following. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, well, I better uh, make it. But I made it. It was fine. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we still had a great time out there. Nice. Albeit less mountain biking than normal. Yeah, that's cool. But, uh, Good times yeah. around the campfire. Nice. Mm-hmm. Classic. Some charades. Oh, oh like yeah. literal charades? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. played charades. Wow. Yeah, it was hilarious. That's cool. It was a ton of fun. Somebody win? <laughs> oh, there was no like designated clear cut winner. winner. No, I, it was just like one person would do something and whoever guessed it, the next win, person would go. Probably Dom was a winner. Nice. Yeah, well, he was the one who said he wanted to play charades because clearly oh, he yeah. loves the game and plays the game often. Clearly has an advantage and yeah, wants to yeah, show everybody exactly. how good he is. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Well, what's um, this we're hearing about a, a good deed that a good you're deed. talking about? I have a, I guess it's it's kind of a brag, but uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a, a cool story that I would tell, even though, uh, yeah, I'll, maybe yeah. it'll inspire someone. Let's hear your Marty, so, self-promotion. I yeah. W- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, hastily walking to lunch to meet someone for lunch. Uh, this guy, actually, is going to meet this guy, Wes, who owns a company called Tahoe Trail Bars. These things are delicious. Mm. One of my favorite energy bars. You've Tahoe had Trail Bars? Right? So, yeah. yeah. Not, a big, not a big company. They're mostly sold regionally, but they're super good. Nice. Um, so, anyway, I was going to lunch, walking to go uh, get lunch with him. I walked past this... Uh, this uh, homeless gentleman who was futzing with his bike mm. angrily and and i like usually when i see something like that i stop and try and help out but i was i was like i'm i was gonna be late i got i gotta get there so i walked 20 feet past him and i stop and that that james clear quote that was in that email ran through my head and it was you don't help people when it's convenient for you you help people when they need help mm. and i was like oh so i turned around <laughs> gotcha. and i walk over and i go hey man i'm a bike mechanic can i help you out <laughs> and uh it was funny to say I'm a bike mechanic. Because you lied. I, I realized. <laughs> I realized that's a bit of a funny. You embellished and you I mean, lied. Come on, I'm. I could. I could qualify in that scenario. Oh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so uh, it, it didn't matter. And uh, so he's like, "Yeah, yeah, totally." So he's got this old, old quick release wheel uh, with a beach cruiser tire, which was kind of too big for the frame, yeah. and those slightly angled horizontal dropouts. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know how to use a quick release. It's kind of a confusing thing. They think uh, totally, it's like yeah. the lever should be flipped open and you spin it tight. Yeah, like they don't know that you kind of it's loose and then you, you flip the lever. It. So yeah, 
Anyways, I help him align the wheel and the frame, and then I taught him how to use the quick release, got the wheel spinning, and he was just so stoked and so oh, so nice. grateful. Good for you, man. Yeah. Nice. nice. So he was really appreciative. Oh, and then he's and then like, I, hey, I've seen you on them YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did, he did recognize uh, me from YouTube. I don't know why he had a Southern but, accent in that yeah. instance, but, you know. I, I, did, uh, I did, like, marginally good deeds. Yeah. This, yeah, this week. Helped a couple people yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, there's just the PCT crosses right above Sierra City, uh, like, maybe quarter mile out. Oh, nice. And I was just, as we're coming down from shuttles, I had my empty van. So I just picked people up every time I saw them hitching the ride. Really? Because it's only like a quarter mile down the road and they're just going to the general store and get re, it's yeah. a restock. Oh, nice. For their resupply. Good for you. So man. I just hopped a couple in in my van, got a bunch of room. Nice. Any good stories? Not really. It yeah. wasn't long enough. Um, one guy's from France, one girl's from Illinois. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I did ask them though, I was like, dude, what did you guys do from, Lone Pine to here because yeah. you cannot get across. They're like, everyone's just flipping it this year. Yeah, they just skipped it. No right? one's yeah, even doing it. Just like, taking the highway or, yeah. Hitch and yeah, ride. No one's actually from, doing the PCT this year. Yeah. It's like impossible. Oh, from, yeah. From Lone Pine to Tahoe and then they restart in Tahoe. Insane. So, yeah. That was, that was my I mean, know, marginally good deed. It's not, I didn't go out of my way really. One time I turned around, but yeah. once I did that, I was like, oh, I'll just look every time I have an empty car cruising down the yeah. street. So Nice. Filming. Best hitchhikers, man. No one even questioned that I was picking them up in a weird white van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't ask them if they wanted candy or anything like that. No. <sighs> nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, on that, I saw a couple of videos of people like who did Mount Whitney this year, and it just looks like insane. Like yeah, somebody, does, somebody huh? in June, post, like they were posting a video of, and it was just everything covered in snow, middle were, of June. Like, were they stopping or they had ice axe and ice picks and all that stuff? Um, they did not have ice pick. Oh, they did have an ice axe, yeah. yeah I guess they, they must have had all that. But uh, I guess the hut is actually not buried at the top anymore, you know. the. Oh. But, yeah, it looks like it looked like dead of winter up there. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. For those who don't know, Mount Whitney is the tallest mountain in the lower 48, 14,500 feet. About, I think it yeah. is. Something like that. 508 um, maybe? Yeah, yeah. In, in California, in the Sierra Nevada mountains. I don't think a lot of people know that the tallest mountain in the lower 48 is in California. And also yeah. the lowest point maybe. in the 48. Actually, might even the lowest point in North America. Not, Don't quote me on that, but is 135 miles east yeah, right over uh, there. in Death Valley. Hmm. Yeah. Gosh, such a diverse landscape Some we've got crazy here. Crazy geological stuff going on in California. Wild. Totally wild. Absolutely Well, wild. should we jump into the first listener question? Why not? All right. Well, you got three and a half minutes. All right. Let's see here. When is crank arm length difference noticeable? Currently running 175 millimeter cranks on a large SP-130. I'm considering 170 or 165. Would either of those changes be noticeable? I say absolutely yes. And yeah. in this day and age, I would probably go 165. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been strong 170s for a long time. Uh, and then recently within the last like 12 months or so, I've pretty much switched all my pedal bikes to 165s, even my XC bike. I don't feel any drawbacks except, uh, smaller circles and more ground clearance. So yeah, yeah bikes are just, they've just gotten so low mm-hmm. that in, you know, just the recent couple years, people started running much shorter cranks. Also, part of that is because more brands started making 165s, yeah. whereas 
previously any of these you know relatively good xc slash trail cranks that you'd want to buy never came shorter than 170 mm. and now brands kind of caught on like oh people want 165 so they now make them 165 and everyone's like oh this is great I'm not smashing my pedal into rocks all the time now yeah. so yeah 165 is is definitely an awesome upgrade and if you're one of those people that's clipping your pedals and your cranks on rocks on climbs often then give it a try yeah yeah so, my new bike actually came with 165 mil cranks yeah it did yeah what a- the forbidden yeah. 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 They they, see, they're just on top of it. Yeah. They got yeah. really good kits on top of it. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. when, um, you know, I was looking at the trending products for our upcoming video. Yep. And the 165 mil cranks are the most popular option. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five dev? Oh, just for the build kit oh. or, you know, the, the group set kit. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I see. I for see. the GXT type and GXT the type. XOT type. 165s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. We do a monthly YouTube city. YouTube city? YouTube city. Um, what's the capital what's the ca- <laughs> <laughs> we, i don't know why i said that word we do a monthly youtube video uh of the most trending and popular mountain bike products and uh we sometimes do it every month of the time we do it every time yeah, exactly uh, we skip here and there but no for the most part we do it it's actually we put in a lot more it's not just just oh here's what's popular we put in more context and information yeah. of kind of why they're popular usually end up being like seven to ten minutes each time yeah it's just jared and i goofballing around talking about popular mountain bike parts but um it's it's also in a playlist if you ever want to watch it right Don't that's true yeah it is a playlist yeah yeah so if you guys want to watch popular mountain bike products on a monthly basis, we do that. And then we do the yearly recap, which we actually then did again on the podcast yep. this, this year. We did. For the 2022 popular products. I think that's important to know. Like if, if you're in the mountain bike world, it's kind of hard to figure out what to buy for yeah. any type of upgrade or bike or anything. And one good place to go is like, well, what's everyone else buying? What's trending? What's popular? What do people like and why? And we try and always cover that on the podcast and the YouTube videos. For sure. In good detail. I mean, that's how I figured out you know what to get for my bike before i knew all the ins and outs yeah it is useful and that's why we do it that's why we do it and speaking of why we do it how about an ad (laughs) and now a word from our sponsors the mtb podcast is brought to you by athletic legumes is your diet not providing you with the legumes that your body needs and craves try athletic legumes where the magic of legumes unlocks your true athletic potential with our specially formulated and proprietary blend your body will soak up the unparalleled nutrition and boundless energy found only in the world's finest legumes hundreds if not millions of athletes swear by the edge that athletic legumes gives them try us for 30 days free we guarantee that you will look and feel better than ever before just head to athleticlegumes.com and use the code bean the cat for your free trial Unleash the power of legumes and let your dreams sprout wings with athletic legumes. <laughs> <laughs> and now back to the show. Yeah. And that's when I got that, that prescribed that ointment cream, you know, quick disclaimer regarding ointment creams and other various <laughs> topics. Uh, most of the advertisements, well, 99% of them are their satire. Mm-hmm. Uh, last episode, we did one with Craig Federighi, which is like the senior product developer, <laughs> senior product Guy at Apple, like, you know, the technology Super nice of him to come do the ad. Super nice of him to come do the ad. Uh, (laughs) Some people didn't realize that was satire. Uh, Sorry about that. We apologize. Um, I don't. Not yet sold out. (laughs) (laughs) Greg Federighi is the guy who does like the presentations on their, he's like the third highest ranking executive at Apple. That would be pretty cool. His his salary has two commas in it. Our podcast is not there yet. (laughs) 
podcast will never have two commas. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. You know, that would be pretty cool. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm just taking a little bit of time out of my schedule to go do an ad for the MTV podcast. Yeah, you know, uh, I like technology, so if any of you out there are high up at Apple, I would love to actually talk to you. I have some complaints. <laughs> actually, so Dom's friend. Or if you're an app developer, Dom's friend, you have uh, great tips on what I they should change. Great tips. Dom's friend, Nick Burton, he does, he, he rides mountain bikes, watches some of our stuff, got uh -huh. me a deal on this laptop right here. So Whoa. did you tell him everything that you hate about it? <laughs> no, I like this thing a lot. Kidding. It's really good. For your phone or I should, I, you should, uh, I should send that but, Craig Federighi ad to him. But he's going to get a kick out of it. But then we might get sued or yeah, cease yeah. and desist or something. Oh, so. well, Jeff with technology is like us with bikes. Like I can always find the smallest nitpick mm -hmm. thing. And it's just like, why I'll did always, they do this this way? I can find that way better this way. Yeah, you can't you know? find that with everything. Yeah. Like he's the reason why I took the door off my closet. Just, oh, yeah. just too, too inefficient to slide it <laughs> back. Most well, people no, are going to hear that and be like, what? It's not a pocket door. It should be a pocket door. But in order to access like this whole half oh, of the closet, you have to go inside and of shut it, it and shut it. Well, it's see. also in the bathroom. So why you, you don't need a, I don't I don't need to close my closet off to my bathroom. Like who what's, cares? Stoners developed this bathroom. Who knows? But Some for idiot. context, everyone listening, Jared and I live in a parallel universe, we live in the exact same. <laughs> we live in the exact same condo. Not the same. Not condo. the same condo, but they're same layout. Same, same layout, layout condo, four hundred feet apart. Yeah. So that's that's what he meant. And, and so Jeff, I, one Jeff day, and I used to almost live in the exact same yeah. apartment layout. Mm -hmm. One day, I had to do a favor for Jeff, you know, and uh, I <laughs> specifically had to go into my closet. Specifically, and get boxers, I had to go yeah. get a pair of dirty underwear out here. <laughs> that is actually the truth. That is pretty funny. So we're we're. <laughs> We're developing uh, some boxer briefs for Kettle, and I had some prototypes, and I was out of town, and I needed to get those prototypes back to Dominic, who's in our Nevada facility, and I needed Jared to go in there and find my dirty prototype boxers on the floor and yeah. get them to the shop and then ship them to Nevada. And so when I went up to his place, I was like, oh, I got a couple of nice ideas for my place, one of which was remove the closet door and it wasn't even you know Paige was like oh i want to go too i was like you know all right fine bring some company with me <laughs> and then we go in there so, oh this is nice i was like all right i'm doing it when we get back you know otherwise i'll never hear the end of it you know it's like oh well what if we took it off the closet door i'm like okay i'll do it right now <laughs> <laughs> just get over <laughs> yeah. and admittedly yeah it's really nice like you can access 100 percent of the closet i digress uh, mountain bikes, mountain not bikes. home interiors. Not home interiors. Gosh, that would be a whole other good podcast we could this, do. This gentleman has got a few questions. We're going to answer, answer a couple of them um, because we thought the last one wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he says his first question. We just didn't like that Why type of question. do him like that? With, with bikes coming with some form of factory-tuned settings for the suspension, uh... Could upgrading a fork or shock with something off the shelf with a neutral tune have a negative effect on the bike? That's actually a very common question. Yeah, a lot of bikes are like, oh, we worked with Fox or RockShock to develop a specific tune for our rear shock for this frame. And then you're like, well, I don't want that shock anymore, and I want to get a different one, and this yeah. one has a mid-mid tune. Yeah. Mm. Um, hmm. I think there's some bikes that are pretty off the deep end that do really benefit from a you know factory tune. And – Brands like Yeti and Revel and whoever else do work a lot with Fox or yeah. RockShox or whoever to set that factory tune. Like, Yeah. Well, Yeti has a guy in-house, right, that does all their shock tuning. Pretty sure. I think it's multiple people. It's right. not just one person. Yeah. Santa Cruz has Kieran who, you know, 
does all their yeah a lot of like the prominent like, brands yeah. do a lot of work to get those shocks to work perfect for those frames yeah, yeah and, and you know they're messing with one shim stack different like most people can't feel that right most people probably won't know the difference from a factory tune to a medium medium off the shelf tune as well however yeah it kind of pretty small changes to, yeah it's hard to say though it's, it's one of those it's like it does kind of depend bike to bike and yeah set up to set up and what you're actually looking for and sometimes it benefits it like we had that Mondraker uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, way too stiff. Which had a crazy stiff tune that you had to ride like pretty aggressively for it to like feel good. So yeah, if you put a light tune on that, a light compression tune, it probably would have felt great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. a lot of it's subjective too, right? So the guys, you know, in the case of that Mondraker, they probably did that intentionally because they wanted it to feel like really stiff and fast yeah, and like a cross-country race exactly. bike. Mm -hmm. And then we got it and we're like, well, we kind of want this thing to feel like a trail bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this shock sucks. Exactly. Um, this tune sucks. Yeah. So yeah, it is, that is a challenge. So I don't know. I mean, I, th I think it's when you're in that case, you have to just understand if your bike has a custom tune and then, you know, talk to, you know, talk to the brand and say, well, what does the tune do? Does the tune make it stiffer off the top? Does it make it more progressive? Like what the heck does it do? And then figure out if you like what they answered or don't yeah. and want to change that or it's not. One of the reasons on my SP120, Yeti SP120. You got to specify. Mm. Not everyone just knows every model name of every bike. <laughs> well, I've said it like six times now. So. I know. Um, <laughs> It's the reason why I haven't changed the rear shock on it because it does feel so good stock. It is a DPS, and like sometimes I ride it like a trail bike. I'm like, oh, Flodex would be sweet. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to mess with it because it feels so good. Yeah. And what's it going to get me? A little bit more like downhill performance, you yeah. know, heat up a little bit less quick. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Fair. Totally. Well, how about Fair. the next question? I think we, we pre got that one pretty good. Mm hmm. Why does SRAM still make NX? On your site, it's a $5 difference for the shifter and a $20 difference for the trailer to go from NX to GX. Why wouldn't every manufacturer just give everyone the much better performing GX? I feel like everyone would pay an extra 25 bucks for a bike to have that upgrade from the factory as it makes a big difference in performance. I think SX needs a few small upgrades and then just can the whole NX system. You know, gotta agree with the guy. I mean... It's it's a it's, little close. Yeah. I mean, except for the cassette, I guess. Like, yeah. there's a huge weight difference and price difference between the NX and GX cassette. Um, but yeah. I guess like well, the shifters aside from the chain, I guess. But the shifter is the cheapest piece of the whole group set, so right. they're going to be closest <laughs> yeah. all together to begin right. with. So, but and, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, like Jared said, the the cassette is a much different beast from NX to GX. The chain as well, and also a lot of these kind of lower end stuff, NX and SX, both mostly exists for OE spec, mm -hmm. not for aftermarket spec. Yeah. Which is a whole other ball game of, you know. But they big, do sell NX and SX. They do. Aftermarket. But it's mostly but, replacement yeah, for that, totally. right? Like no right. one's going to build a brand new bike and be like, I want SX on it. It's like yeah. you're buying a bike at the price point with SX or NX on it, and those big manufacturers that are doing that um, are penny-pinching, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to get a bike in a certain price point that someone can afford yeah, what so. I guess if they're making, you know, a thousand bikes, then $25 a bike is a big difference, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is totally. And especially if they're trying to just hit a certain price point. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't envy the, the team at SRAM and Shimano that's trying to figure out all of these different SKUs and different price points. And then they have all this feedback from all their aftermarket customers and all their OE bike customers that want different price points and different features. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a complicated yeah. business. I mean, there's a reason we have 18,000 products on WorldWideCycler.com. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just that there's a lot of parts in this game. 
So, and that's why you also literally, see, yeah, a lot of parts in this game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Andy, they got to differentiate these things, right? Like, you can't yeah, make that's, NX, the, that's one of the hardest parts. You yeah. can't make NX too good. You can't make, you know, you got to, yeah, it's like you, know, you have to make GX a certain amount better and same thing with XO1. It's like, yeah. I mean, that's so one of our top viewed YouTube videos is the breakdown between the differences of, I think at that point we did NX, I think it was, GX, XO1, and XX1. I think it's a little bit all over the video. There too. But, yeah, we might have put SX yeah. in there too. Um, yeah, and and it's tough, and and there it's there used to be more feature differences, like a he, little feature here and there, but it's kind of most of the there's been mostly feature parity between most of the higher end, at least GX and above or SLX and above, um, for the most part, just like materials changes, which ends up being like a little bit of quality of feel and weight, and uh, that's it. <laughs> so nuance, nuance, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, price point and weight. But I don't know if you are upgrading go with gx like you said yeah yeah depending on where you're coming from yeah yeah for sure totally right on next question Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hey guys i'm curious about running a mixed wheel setup on the revel rail platform have any of you tried this would you start with the 27.5 or the 29er version Ooh, well liam has done this and you started with the 27.5 frame yeah so the revel rail which is a 27.5 bike, not to be confused with the Revel Rail 2.9. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, I did it before the Rail 2.9 existed, which mm-hmm. is why I did it, was I wanted basically a 2.9 front wheel on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the Rail 27. I believe I short-stroked the shock, because it was that bike 165, right? Yes. So. 165. So I short-stroked the shock to 157. And then I put a 160 mil fork on it instead of 170 to compensate for a little bit higher front end of the 2.9 front wheel. Mm-hmm. So I dropped it back down a bit, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that bike was 170 or 180, so I ran a 160 on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding adding a 29er adds about 20 mil to your stack height, roughly, I believe. I did the math when I did this. Nice. Um and it worked out pretty well. Uh, and then I just realized I don't love pedaling a mullet bike. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. Like, I, I went super fun down. I literally but... rode it straight to Santa Cruz. Like, I think I rode it once or twice around here and then went to Santa Cruz. And I was like, this thing is awesome. Like, yeah. just ripping laps and steep trails. And I was like, dude, I like found, you know, this Goldilocks. And then I came back down here where we just have fast, straight trails. And I was like, oh, a lot of those benefits are like, santa mm. cruz specific like yeah getting into steep ruts and steep shoots and stuff it felt really good so yeah um that being said for this dude i still think probably starting with a 27.5 would be better unless you want a really low bottom bracket because if you do 2.9 you put a 27.5 wheel on it you're gonna drop that bb like an insane amount like 15 mil which you know Bikes ride weird if they have like five mil BB drop difference. So mm-hmm. um, I think going to 27.5 and kind of doing similar to what I did would be your best bet. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think so too. Yeah. Instead of putting a smaller wheel on the 29er. Yeah. I mean, I think like most things, use case dependent, right? Yeah. So uh, depending on the trails, if he's riding stuff that's similar to Santa Cruz, that's, yeah, steep shoots, a lot of corners, and that's what he loves to do is shred things like that and have a playful bike then heck yeah mixed wheels a lot of fun just doing more high speed straight line or a lot of technical climbing 
or just more on the XC side of things, then yeah, it does just go 29 and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Use case dependent and personal preference. Speaking of use case, what is the proper setup for a downhill wheel set? My hub is a DT Swiss 370. All my spokes were incredibly loose after three hours of downhill, and my Stan's MK4 flow rim looks like it belongs to a wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Well, was your wheel brand new, perfectly yeah. laced, perfectly trued with spoke prep and even Loctite before those three hours of downhill? That we don't know. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And building up a lot of wheels for people who ride hard, uh, I put so much... Like, what did you say? Effort or like Time attention? Prep or like into the prep of the yeah. build. Into the prep and even spoke tension. Yeah. Your wheel can look a little wavy. You run downhill, it doesn't matter. You're smashing rocks, you know, as big as your wheel. Yeah. But if your spoke tension's even, you'll have a really strong wheel. Um, so that's definitely first is where you'd set up for a downhill wheel set is, is probably that, spoke tension. Is that their downhill rim too? The floor, the floor, the flow? The flow is their downhill rim. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, just strong wheel sets in general. I think the, you know, who built them is, is a big piece of the puzzle, like how well it was built mm -hmm. and if it used spoke prep and tensions all dialed next piece of the puzzle is maintenance. So every time you ride that thing, you know, check it, like, yeah. is your spoke, are your spoke still good? Did you bend something? Like you got to maintain your wheels if you want them to continue working did, for did a while. Did you case a big jump and flat strong. spot it, which then put uneven spoke tension in your wheel. Mm. Yeah. And then kept riding it. Um, what kind of spokes do you usually use on those downhill wheels? Uh, I pretty much use DT Swiss, uh, competition on everything, which is a 201820, uh, spoke. Sometimes I'll use... What's the other one's competition or champions, champions which yeah. is a two O straight gauge. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think the two O one eights, two O's are like any weaker per se, but they, they are a bit lighter. Um, butted spokes, butted spokes. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's what I usually use. I use wheelsmith spoke prep, or I actually been digging the stands powder spoke prep in combination with the DT Swiss nipples that already have spoke prep in them so i double spoke prep them wow and then i get it into tension i put a wheel on it and it kind of lowers it and then i actually use blue loctite on the nipples as well wow so like triple spoke prep nice um yeah, yeah a lot of things go into having a good strong wheel and maintaining a good strong <laughs> yeah. wheel. but yeah i don't know downhill wheels and big riders or hard terrain like they all they all but bend and all, need maintenance yeah. and take time. All of your parts are good. Well, depending on your spokes and your nipples um, mm -hmm. brand, but you know, Flow MK4 is a good rim. Yeah, good hub. DT good Swiss rim. 370 is super good. So, I'd say just main, maintenance and making sure it's set up good from the start is, you know, mm. most important for downhill wheel. Yeah. Indeed. Nice. All right. Here's another question that makes no sense. This one's super technical. If you had to replace your saddle with a fast food, what would you choose and why? I mean, I think it's pretty easy. Pizza. Yeah, I had that. I had that thought, but I'm going to take it one step further. I think it's too soft. I think it would like crush. I was going to say a calzone. That's pretty good. Except then every time you sat down, it would just shoot yeah, the just... remnants <laughs> out the back. I got it. I got it. A dense and stale ciabatta bread. Mm. Oh, it's like a sandwich. See? Imagine what, what that on top of the, the subway. Top of the seat post. That'd be decent. That would actually hold up, I think. Yeah. Or, Unless it rained. Or a dense bagel would even be a yeah, bagel. Dense, mm. stale, big bagel. Yeah. That's... It looked like some of those time trial saddles. 
Well, I guess none of these are really fast food. These are just food. Well, yeah. I mean, you could get, I don't know, right. calzone at hit, like, hit what's it called, that Sbarro? Rib. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> that stale. That thing's stiff. That thing's <laughs> fake, you know? Jeez. Gross. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I'd go footlong. Mm-hmm. Footlong. Uh, speaking of footlongs, what's an unwritten rule in the shop at Worldwide Cyclery? Kind of discussed this. I don't know one. You don't know one. There's a couple that are not common sense. That's the unwritten rule. Um, Common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Those Uh, things have been written down at this point. That's true. Well, except for this one we were talking about earlier is you really shouldn't be heating up salmon in the microwave. Really shouldn't. Or fish. It's a a hard no. It's like a let's fish. No fish in the microwave or air fryer or whatever. Especially in well, actually, I've never been in PA shop, but in Reno and uh, Cali shop. The kitchens are in the middle of everything with zero ventilation. So you heat up some fish and it just lingers. Yeah. And then I go to hit up my like chicken teriyaki bowl and it's like a fish chicken teriyaki bowl. <laughs> you know Ugh. what's you know what's unwritten Ugh. is uh no no booze until one hour before close. Yeah, that is unwritten. That is unwritten. Yeah, but everyone follows that. Yeah. As yeah. far as I know. <laughs> Why you look at me? This guy's the one who drinks more than I do. Hey, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're right. I, I do follow that. And, yeah, you, know. you, and, you and Weaver follow it. Yeah. I mean, Weaver's up at 3.59 pouring his drink some days, but <laughs> <laughs> he waits an hour. Yeah, right? Yeah, yep. that's a good one. That's a good one. I can't really think of anything else. Like, yeah. you don't, like, trek a muddy bike through the whole shop. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty common, common sense. sense. Yeah. Um, next question. Next question. <laughs> How much time, on average, do y'all think you spend thinking up, taking, and selecting a thumbnail for each podcast? So, the podcast... Not really much time at all because like pretty on the spot. Yeah, we grab a prop, we shoot. Yeah, a I don't know. We just do something rando. Podcast but. not important, but regular videos that go on the Worldwide Cyclery YouTube channel, we spend a lot more time and thought into the titles and those thumbnails. Oh yeah, it's a whole game on YouTube. Yeah. Michael, Gosh, Michael's been clicky, interesting Michael's, thumbnail. Michael's been getting real. He's been on a fire lately. He's been on fire with the thumbnails. Real tech mm-hmm. with them and some crazy yeah, Photoshop good. skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that is, one is of me still, with the briefcase. He, that was a that was a really. Is he good still one. hiding Bean in oh, them yeah. too? He hid Bean in that one, but nobody found her. He oh. hid her really good. Well, maybe that, that we, photo of you with the briefcase and the suit with no shirt. Yeah, yeah that's funny. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if really anyone, we'll have Mike keep hiding Bean. Yeah, we should. And if anyone sees it send us an email yeah maybe you'll get a special little uh gift card i like that how about that podcast at worldwide cyclery.com if you find bean in the next worldwide cyclery youtube video cover photo perfect done deal (laughs) it's in writing (laughs) there you go all right speaking of which what's one of your guilty pleasures that you're willing to share Hmm. you go all right i'll go well uh you know, if I uh, if I'm a little snack hungry, I like to take a date and I dip it in this cocoa spread. It's basically like a Nutella. Yes, I do. I do. You're gonna set one food. Your brain went to food. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. I'm like, yeah. you know, what? it's a little dessert time. Take a date. You dip it in there, and it's like a Snickers bar. It's insane. Mm. I'm not a huge Snickers guy, but it's really good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you too. Uh, mine is Disney. Oh, Disneyland. Yeah. Theme is that parks. really that guilty? I mean, 
spend a decent amount of money going there. <laughs> <laughs> Usually a pretty conservative, frugal guy, but you know, Disneyland, I, I go to Disneyland. Off the rails. I go, I go to Disney World off the rails. $25 no per person to get a lightning lane for the Cars ride, buying it. You dog. $27 to get a lightning lane for the Galaxy's Edge ride, buying it. Wait, for each ride they do this? There's like the two popular rides. You have to, after, okay, you buy your Genie Plus, which is already <laughs> $25 extra per ticket per person. What does that get you? Uh, various, like it gets you into the lightning lane access, basically. And then you and can then, spend more money. But, but it's only on excluded. all rides except for the most oh, popular two. Those here. ones you got to pay individual on That's top of insane. everything. Yeah, after COVID, Disney's trying to make some money. So, so they, yeah. they really stacked spend. it to... Uh, you so know. you got to spend like seventy five bucks Beta to play. get to get faster lines <laughs> on three. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, the amount of like it's it's become very pay to play. It's a big it's a big controversy wow. because a lot of people say, well, this is not inclusive. It's not affordable for a lot of people. And Disney's like, well, you uh, everyone hates crowded parks. Everyone hates high prices. Do you understand economics? Yeah, supply and demand. We didn't build this park. So everybody can come, <laughs> so we can make money. <laughs> uh, it's a challenging problem for them to solve, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's where I spend. Couldn't you money used to on. just go get like a fast pass and like it was like uh, free or whatever? Yes, you just had to they, go and they get used it. to be free. Yeah, back when you and went they, when you're a child. After the, and you grew out of it, COVID shut down. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> Like from the guy who's never roasted. been there. Good. Never Twisted. been there. Oh, you got uh, you there, man. I went used to go a lot when I was a kid. To Disneyland? Yeah. Uh, My grandma's neighbor worked there. We got awesome. free tickets all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, Liam, what's your guilty pleasure? Um, I don't know. I couldn't really think of that many except for bread. I oh, love yeah. me some bread. Love bread. And I'll go as far as like knocking out carbs like all day long just to eat a loaf of bread at the end of the day. <sighs> it's arguably probably worse than if I just like moderated my carbs, but you know. Yeah, no one said this was a healthy pleasure. They said it was a guilty. It, it pleasure. is guilty. Yeah, what kind of bread? Just like a French loaf. Any, any, any of it? Bread, Giant yeah. bag, twenty four inches oh, long. Sourdough. Oof. Yeah, I went to what's that? Pernin. Peren. Peren. Yeah, fancy yeah, bakery. Yeah, out, fancy bakery. Two just bought a baguette. Good. Crushed yeah. it. Oh no, no butter, no nothing. Just ate out yeah. of the, <laughs> ate out of the bag. That place has pastries straight wow. from heaven. Yeah, that sounds yeah. so good. Jeez. Yep, that's fine. All right, we got a couple more here. What's a stronger hub for a 200-pound dude that rides blue and black trails at bike parks on a 2023 Trek Roscoe? <laughs> Why do you think that happened? <laughs> <laughs> I broke two in the month of June, Shimano MT410 and DT Swiss 370. Yeah, Shimano hubs aren't known for their robustness, I have mm, to say. No they way. roll really good, but definitely mm. not robust. DT Swiss 370, on the other hand, are usually robust, but I'm guessing it was a three-pole system. Probably, huh? Uh, if you were to upgrade that 370 to the Ratchet LN, which is their new system for 370 hubs, I think you would have a lot harder time breaking that. For sure. Uh, that being said, I think the DT Swiss Ratchet system, 350, I would say, is the most robust hub you can probably buy. And honestly, like, that's my go-to hub. It's on my downhill bike. I put it on e-bikes. I put it on friends' bikes. Like, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's as close to bulletproof as a hub with small bearings and spinning stuff on the inside can get. I'm wondering how he breaks them. You think it's the paws? I'm guessing probably just shears, paws, or teeth on the what on the, the ratchet ring, ring yeah, the, the ring drive. Ring, yeah. Serious power. Wow. How much? You're almost 200 pounds, are you? Like 190. 190. Yeah. You ever broken paws in a hub? I've only broken a hub axle. 
Mm, and Hydra, which is you yeah, know, which I guess too. is common. Um, someone last podcast, someone said we roasted you when I said, "Oh that yeah," Jared, that I was were... like, "Well, Jared's got like forty pounds on us," and they're like, yeah. "Roasted." <laughs> they put the timestamp and said we true. roasted him. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even think Mario about it like too. that. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh, well, you know, we're talking about weights, and I was like, "Well, he's got forty pounds on us." More, not more like <laughs> yeah. he's big. It's more like he's we're teeny. small. <laughs> yeah, we're just small white guys. Jared's Jared's pretty normal sized like, for. Uh, a yeah, male right now. Somewhat mm-hmm. proportioned, you know? Yeah, you are. Thank you're you. under the average. Appreciate it. Average American's obese. You're not, so you're doing great. That makes me feel pretty good, you know, when you put it like that. Yeah. Well, well, I think we got this guy's hub woes all solved. How about this one? Last question. What's a weird flex that only bike nerds would understand? Hmm. Uh, I would say custom painted frames mm. or Ooh, yeah. little... Uh, modifications to the various tidbits on your bike, such as taking your rebound knobs or compression knobs and scraping off the color <laughs> or painting them, sandblasting them. Uh, don't know anybody who Custom decals, taking off every little tiny sticker that you don't like so it looks just ever so slightly unique. You know, oh, I got a flex. You know, I got one. Yeah. A black O-ring on a RockShox 4. Oh, that is one. I have that one is. on my bike. <laughs> That, because that's Liam actually, dropped the lowers to change it to black because I didn't want the red. That's oh, actually what I was going to say. Is yes. it? Imagine that. I dropped Jeff's lowers on a brand new fork <laughs> to put on a black O-ring over the red stock one. Can't have that red one. And no. you, know, you know what my bike looks like? It has the red one on there. Yeah, because I don't care that much. <laughs> I, trust me, though. It's my bike, my Rail T9 is sick. Green frame, green fork, everything else blacked out. The red O-rings just look, they look hideous. Yeah. However... Yeah. I just don't. And then you can't do the rear shock and not do the fork. That's even worse. Yeah. Because yeah, it's easy to do the shock. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hear you. You already have to do it for one guy. Why would you, you know, break your back, go do it again for yourself? Well, he's not paying himself. That's why. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he didn't do it for me for free. Oh, man. Those are good flexes. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, like you have a sick shock, like a push 11.6. or a, Yeah, that's definitely a flex. You know, like, oh, yeah, I got the Zeb, but I got the Avalanche damper in there. It's not your stock yeah. average charger. That's true. Charger well, three I, was, I was thinking another weird flex, but it's mostly on Jeff's end. Yeah. is uh, He was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing 10 rides soon. I need some new tires. Oh yeah, always having always, tires. That always brand having new fresh tires. Dude, like, oh, like oh yeah, these lost the edge. Uh, new tires I'm putting yeah. on. You know, it's like a that's like racer dilemma. Yeah, gotta have fresh Those tires. Tires on my gravel bike are tires I got from you like over a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Put them back on the bike and I'm still running them. Like oh, still work. It's hilarious. That's I was like, oh, wait, oh yeah, these are Jeff's old tires from your gravel bike. A lot of people benefit from me wanting to always have fresh tires, and they take my slightly used tires. Yeah, yeah, works out. Uh, I'd say another thing mountain bikers would understand is like having like multiple pairs of shoes, like riding shoes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like always, always rolling up with like a different pair of shoes every time we ride with someone. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Fresh kids. Yeah. I don't even go that far. Oh, I see. I have like six pairs of riding shoes. I think. I just like my shoes to be properly broken in to like my feet and mm. the pedals and everything. So I like that too. I but just don't like having that many pairs yeah. of shoes. It oh, work. you know what's a really weird flex is like having fresh cleats. Yeah, but no one yeah. does that. <laughs> it's not like a visual though. You know what's a good <laughs> flex? Like, oh yeah, nice. Being a really cleats. nice human and leaving us a review oh, on ooh. Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It that genuinely is. helps out the podcast and helps us out. And if you've listened to this far, I think you owe it to us. <laughs> You owe us one, dude. You owe us one, man. Yeah, man. 
Uh, but seriously, please do it. It really helps out. We appreciate it. And if yeah. you have any questions <clears throat> you'd like them answered, we answer the good ones. So just email them to Jared. <laughs> Podcast can... at WorldwideCyclery.com. Yep. Send in your questions. Yep. And that's it. That's all for episode 116. Talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you and good night. Cheerio. Peace out. The cookie crumbles. You wanted to say it. No, I was flowing in the other part. I wanted to say, and that's how the cookie crumbles. But Jerry came in with, you know, it's another good segue. The app. <laughs> Our segues are awful. <laughs> uh, Get out of here. Kill that. Kill that, Lula.